Welcome to the City Life Podcast. I'm Tim Woody, the pastor of City Life Church in downtown Fort Worth. There is purpose for your life. There's a destiny you have yet to walk into, and there is hope regardless of what you're facing today. I encourage you to open your heart now to what God will be speaking to you over these next few minutes. the second message in the series that I have entitled Impossible with a question mark uh, because way too often life throws uh, these impossible situations our way. We're confronted with obstacles that we can't overcome and maybe decisions have been made that you don't have any power or, over and, and, and you don't really know what you're going to do. You know, the, the cards aren't in your favor. Uh, maybe there's a new challenge for you, a, a new mountain to climb, but you don't really know how you're going to do it. Maybe, maybe you're replacing someone else on the job and they had a lot of work to do and you really don't know what you're doing. You've just kind of been dropped into it, and, or maybe their position has been dissolved and you're taking on the position of two or three other people. Well, I just want to remind you of this. Don't call it impossible because nothing is impossible with God. Nothing. So today's message title is called this, Embracing Strength and Courage. Embracing Strength and Courage. Every one of us, we have, uh, we've dealt with feelings of uh, inadequacy or uh, feelings of self-doubt, maybe timidity, uh, possibly insecurity. You guys know what I'm talking about. And they, they can be huge when we start considering that, well, this is not, this is preventing me from taking some steps forward. This is preventing me from doing what I could be doing. And so you begin to see everything as impossible. And, and, and you can't even, uh, you, you can't even move forward. In fact, a lot of times these feelings cause us to stop moving forward and become paralyzed, possibly even uh, just, just totally discouraged and wanting to give up. But the truth is, is that fear and timidity, it dominates way too many people's lives. And so ultimately, if you're going to go to strength and courage, we got to get rid of fear and timidity. Because what that does is fear and timidity strips away strength and courage. And it can Im- just literally incapacitate you. I know we're on this journey. We're wanting to move forward in our walk with God, but a lot of times fear and timidity just holds that back. It can, it can even cause a myriad of, of emotional and, and mental hangups and health issues. And so, so today I'm going to challenge you on this one thing. I want you to get this in your heart. Break the spirit of fear and timidity. That's ultimately what I want you to do because it makes way for you to have the strength and the courage that God wants to put into your life. Now, fear and timidity can show up in a lot of different ways in your life. It could be uh, just this, you you find yourself always following the crowd. And and I'll just say that's a fear of looking stupid. You don't want to look stupid. So what you do is, is, uh, is you just follow the crowd. Maybe it's, it's unfaithfulness. You find yourself being very difficult. It's very difficult to be faithful. Well, maybe that's a, that's a fear of, of being controlled, possibly a fear of not accepting new responsibilities. Well, that could be the fear that you just aren't going to measure up. Uh, we can be dominated by a lot of different types of fear. Fear of, uh, of failure, fear of sickness and disease, 
fear of the opinions of other people. And that's actually huge. Fear of people being critical about us. Uh, fear of financial failure. Fear of not being accepted. Fear even of being, of, of like not measuring up spiritually. And a lot of Christians struggle with the fear of just, I, I just can't measure up spiritually. Well, fear and timidity, in fact, one of the things I've found out is that tends to be, I would say, the number one reason why a lot of people won't even step into uh, serving in a church or ministering in a church because I'm afraid I, I can't do that. And we say, I can't, but really God's saying, yes, you can. I want you to get through that fear. I want you to get through that timidity. And so that causes us to be bound up and really just ineffective in so many different ways. So here's a question I want to answer, ask you, and you've got to answer this on your own because I, I don't have your specific answer. What kind or what type of timidity and fear is holding you back? Now I want you to think about that for just a second. What type of timidity and fear is holding you back? You may even just want to jot that down or make a note of it because that's going to help you to understand this. What, what's keeping you on the sidelines? What's keeping you in this perpetual thought process of, well, what if, what if, what if, what if? I mean, in, in the face of the unknown, fear and timidity, it sometimes becomes your friend. It becomes your companion. And you, you don't even see yourself as existing outside of having fear and timidity around you all the time. And you just look into this big canyon of uncertainty and think, how in the world is this going to happen? And a lot of times things are way overblown in your mind. And, and you're likely afraid of something that, in all honesty, has no power over your life anyway. Maybe you're afraid of a disaster or, or death or uncertainty, possibly a fear of loss. Well, today is the day that we're going to break out of that, and I want you to believe God for that. Now, now when it comes to fear and, uh, and timidity, I often think back of something that happened when I was a child, and this happened one Sunday evening when uh, in my father's church in Marshall, Washington, and I would have been about four or five years old during this time, but this big guy comes bursting through the back doors of the church. Now, now this is one of those churches where when the doors open in the back, and some of you would know, like in a little country churches, the doors open in the back, they make this loud noise, and everybody turns around and looks. Any of y'all ever been in a church like that? You hear the noise, everybody turns around and looked. And, and it's funny because, because I, my, I remember my dad sometimes would, would do this. He would just stop the service. Okay, everybody turn around and look. I'll, I'll wait. I'll wait. And so everybody would turn around and look. Okay, now you're back with me. But, but it would be, it, so if you did never, you really did never want to come in late because you knew that that door was going to make noise. Kaboom, kaboom, boom, boom. Everybody's going to turn, look at you. Well, this guy comes in, everybody turns and looks at him and, and he, he just comes walking down the, the aisle. And this is during a time of corporate communion. So my dad, who was pastoring, he was leading the congregation in communion. It was a beautiful time, presence of the Lord. And, and, uh, and what happened is he came in, he was carrying a double-barrel shotgun as he walked into the back of my dad's church. So naturally, people kind of 
panicked a little bit. Now, now keep in mind, this would have been somewhere around 1970 or so. So, so a guy walking into church with a gun is not as, as weird as it would be today, but still it was enough to frighten a few people. So he comes walking in and he's holding his shotgun and, and, and walks in and he starts walking up the aisle and he kind of says in the slurred voice, he says, where do I check in my gun? And, 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 uh, and so one of the really smart, wonderful ushers, you know what? It's good having smart, wonderful, quick-thinking ushers who, who will handle a situation gracefully. They said, oh, I, I, I'm the guy you check in your gun with. You know, he, on the spot, all of a sudden, he's the gun check-in guy. So he goes and checks in the gun and, and takes the guy's double-barrel shotgun. I don't know where he put it, but, but put it away. The, the man had a seat. Dad just continued deleting the service, and, and, and as the service continued, they, they began to serve the communion elements. That's a beautiful time of the service. You know, the ushers serving the elements, and so they were passing the elements around. And, and, uh, and when, when the elements came his way, he took the little piece, the little cracker, and, and then the next thing he does is the, is the little grape juice, because that's like what we do around here. We just use grape juice, and so the grape juice, little cups passed, came up, came up on him, and he looked at those, and and he shook his head and looked at the usher and said, no thanks, I've already had enough of that. And, and, and so they just continued. So he just did communion with one element. The service went on. I mean, God moved in a wonderful way. And dad says he will never, ever forget that moment because even as, as that guy was walking in, dad was say, saying under his breath, no weapon formed against me will succeed. Okay, okay, okay. But thank God for moments like that. And, and, and I just thank God that dad, had the, 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 just the, the strength and the courage in the middle of a very awkward situation and was not overtaken by fear and timidity. That's important, that we don't allow our lives to be consumed with fear and timidity. Now today we're going to take a look at a man by the name of Joshua. In fact, during this entire series, we're looking at individuals from the scriptures that we're learning lessons from. And today we're looking at a man by the name of Joshua that the book of Joshua is actually named after in the Bible. Now, just a little bit about him. He was a man who was born into slavery in, in Egypt. Uh, and, and when they left Egypt, he was a young man, and he was, the, uh, he was kind of like Moses' second in command for really for, for 40 years. He, he f- became a proven military general. He was pretty awesome. He, he was on Mount Sinai with Moses, not at the top, but halfway down. And he was, so he was there with Moses. He went up with him. He was, he was the, the guy who, would, uh, who was there when, when the Ten Commandments and the law was given, which is amazing. I, when, when, when Moses would go into what was called the Tent of Meeting, which is a place where Moses would meet with God and the glory of God would go in, uh, he was the one, Joshua was the one who would stand outside the tent and would watch guard and, and, and protect, protect him so that nobody else would come in and try to stir things up or cause problems. Uh, Joshua was also one of the 12 spies that went into the promised land because that's where they were headed when they went out of Egypt. And so he's one of the 12 spies that went into the promised land to assess, like, is this future battle going to work? What can we do? What are our strategies? But then coming out of that time of spying, he was one of the only two of those 12 who said, we can do this with God's help. I, we have faith that we can do this with God's help. Uh, 
but they, the others disagreed, and, and they spread negativity throughout the, uh, uh, throughout the entire camp, and then it just kind of pulled everybody down emotionally, and so they ended up spending another 38 years in the desert because of that, and, and, and so Joshua was right at the forefront of so many things that were happening, and so many years later on, uh, Moses, when he was about to die, Moses put him in charge of the nation of Israel. And, 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 and God told him, or God told uh, Joshua through Moses that he was ha- going to have to cross the Jordan, go into the promised land, and take the promised land. And for Joshua, keep in mind, this was huge because he had been second in command all this time. This was a, a culmination of 40 years of faith and anticipation. Also 40 years of setbacks and frustrations and pain, victory and heartache and, and, and imagining what life could really be like in the promised land. And now his mentor, his leader, Moses, is dead. So we pick it up in Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, and it's time now for Joshua to take this brand new assignment. And so in this assignment, God creates or gives to him strategies for how he's to take the land. But also, what I want you to catch here is that God also spoke to his emotional issues and gave him some very clear directives. Let's take a look at it. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1, it says, Now it came about after the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, son of Nun, Moses' servant, saying, Moses, my servant, is dead. So now, arise, cross the Jordan, you and all this people, to the land which I am giving to them, to the sons of Israel. Every place on which the sole of your foot steps, I have given it to you, just as I spoke to Moses. And he gives him the boundaries. He says, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even as far as the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and as far as the great sea, which we know as the Mediterranean Sea, toward the setting of the sun will be your territory. No one will be able to oppose you all the days of your life. Just as I have been with Moses, I will be with you. I will not desert you or abandon you. Now, this is what you should have underlined in your Bible right here. Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which the Moses, my servant, commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, which means stick, stay with the word of God. Don't turn away from it so that you may achieve success wherever you go. The book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do according to all that is written in it. And then you will make your way prosperous and you will achieve success. I'll just pause there for a lot of, for just a minute. Uh, It doesn't say that God will make his way prosperous. It says you will make your way prosperous. In other words, you've got something to do in order to engage the power of God. You've got to do these things and you have to change some things even about yourself. He says, have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous 
do not be terrified or dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Now, this is a strong, strong charge from the Lord. And, and basically, with a lot of repetition, what happens is, is God is driving home a point. Basically, you cannot allow fear to dominate your heart because you have a new assignment. And you absolutely must be, like he said, over and over. You've got to be strong. You have to be courageous. I believe God is saying the same thing to you today. Now, what's interesting is Joshua had never even heard from God before, only through Moses. Joshua was not a miracle worker. Back in the wilderness, I mean, that's what Moses did. Joshua didn't prophesy. Moses did all that. Joshua didn't meet face-to-face with God. Moses did all that. What Joshua was this whole time, up until this moment when God speaks, he had just simply been loyal and faithful to Moses. And, And I think back at what he would have seen through those 40 years, because Moses had some flaws. He had some big flaws. And Joshua would have even seen those flaws, and and he would have seen God still working with him and and seeing all all these things and absorbing it. Uh, But now Moses is gone. And and I I can imagine what he's thinking. if, If Moses had flaws, well, I know I do too. And how in the world am I going to deal with the impossibilities that are lying ahead of my life? I mean, how in the world can we actually really take this promised land? I'm sure he's thinking back, you know, 38 years ago, I came out and said, yeah, it's doable, but there's only me and one other dude left who had actually saw it and spied it out. and, and, And we only have vague memories of what's actually out there. Can you imagine that? He, he's also probably thinking, are the people going to respect me? Are they going to respect me like they respected Moses? Am I going to be a strong spiritual leader like Moses was? I mean, is it possible for me to, to step up into this new role without faltering and without crashing and burning? And I'm sure what else was on his mind is what's going to happen when the manna stops falling from the sky like it's been falling for 40 years and these people are actually going to have to figure out a way to work for their food. What in the world's going to happen? In other words, no more government handouts are going to come their way. God, God is the government. You get it? That actually didn't fly at all. Okay. But no government handouts are coming. you got to figure it out on your own. Got that? Okay, this is not a political speech. I'm, I'm just making a reference. Some of y'all are getting real uptight. He's getting into politics, Mabel. No, I'm not. Not today. That's for another sermon. All right. But, but there he was. And, and, and what am I going to do when, when there's this, everything shifts and changes? But what God says to him is, you've got to have faith and courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be freaked out by what you've got to do. You, and you have to, I like it. He also said, you've got to arise. Get up. You see, when God speaks to us, in fact, God speaks to us every time we get together. God speaks to you every time you get into the Word. But when God is speaking to you, He is going to speak to the issues that you're dealing with. He's going to speak to the struggles that you're dealing with, whether you have ever even verbalized them or not. That's how God works. In fact, one of the prayers we always pray is that God will customize a service for every single individual. And I believe He does that because God is speaking to you exactly where you are. And now we have the record of how God spoke to Joshua exactly where He was. 
And God today might be speaking to some of you about having strength and courage, that you need to arise, that you need to step forward. You need to fake, uh, forsake uh, fear and, and, and not be afraid of a new assignment or a new opportunity or a new w- way of serving. And you don't need to be afraid of this new territory that's out there. And God's, God's wanting to say to many of you, there's a difficult road ahead, sure, but, but I want you to I want you to have strength. I want you to have courage. I want you to be able to courageously make me known out on your cultural street in the community. Because, I mean, things shift in our lives. Things do. Some of you have been through some major shifts and challenges, and you know there's more ahead. This is a season of more shifting and turbulence and, and just, just crazy, just like we've ever, never seen before. But let's just take it head on. Come on, let's just, let's just roll with it. Let's have a good time. I, I remember when I was a lot younger, I would when the Texas Giant was built over at Six Flags. Any of you ever ridden the Texas Giant? Yeah. So I, this is back in the early days of the Texas Giant when it was just a really rough thing. I mean, it would just... just mess you up and the drops were crazy and everything was insane and boy I would do everything I could do to get onto the Texas Giant but the beauty of it is there's going to be a climbing ahead there's going to be a drop and there's going to be some corners and turns you're going to be jolted and kicked around and and things are going to be kind of crazy for a little bit and that's kind of like our lives but I'm just telling y'all it's going to be okay it's just going to be okay we just want to take God's word and get it into us the biggest thing that keep you off the Texas giant is fear the biggest thing that's going to keep you from taking your steps forward is fear you don't know what's coming up ahead you know when I when I was growing up as a kid my dad had a ministry it was a very unique ministry of helping hurting churches and he would come in for a year year and a half, two years, and, and help a church, nurture it to health, and then move to another church and do that. He had that ministry, which was wonderful. I mean, that was God's calling on his life, uh, and, and he was following what, what the Lord had told him. But, but being raised in a pastor's home where you're moving around all the time, it's, the only thing that would be similar to it would be similar to being raised in a military home where every couple of years you're just moving to a new location. But uh, I, I, w- I made a list the other day of all the schools I went to growing up. You, you want to hear the list of my schools? Whether you do or not, I'm going to give them to you, all right? I, I, I figured this out, that from kindergarten through 12th grade, I changed schools every 1.3 years. Now, I, only once or twice did we actually move during the middle of a school year, but, but catch this. I started off in Windsor Elementary School. Oh, yeah, Spokane, Washington. Then Salnave Elementary School, Cheney, Washington. I'm not going to tell you where. I'll just keep going. Coronado Elementary School. And then I went to Pease Elementary School. Now, my brothers made fun of me because I was going to go to Pease School. They're like, ha, 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 you go to Pease. Yeah, I did. And, and you know what? And that, that school is in Odessa, and it's still called Pease Elementary. And I'm sure kids still get made fun of when they go there. Oh, but that's not the worst of it. L- later on, I, I go to Lincoln Elementary School. Oh, that's a good one. I went to Hastings Junior High. And then I went to Gay Junior High. Now, I'm not making a joke. That was the name of the school. It was called Gay Junior High. They, the, the name of the, the, the sports team was called the Raiders, and we had shirts that say the Gay Raiders. That, that's, that's for real. It's not a joke. We, we just it's, Keep in mind, this was a while back, and, and uh, that was the name of our school. They, they, they have changed the name of the school since then, but 
you know, you walk into that stuff like, okay, well, all right. I went to, then I went to Vernon Junior High School, and then I went to Harlingen High School, and I finally graduated from Permian High School, Mojo, in West Texas. And so I, you know, I, I was constantly moving around, and, and that's the kind of stuff that could make any kid feel a little bit uh, fearful and intimidated, because you've got to walk through the doors of a new school constantly. And, and it, you know, really, for the first, you know, growing up in school, those first several years, I really never walked into a new school with zeal and enthusiasm, but I walked in with a lot of timidity and fear of what's this going to hold for me. Fortunately, uh, it, it was in my junior high years. I, I remember my dad talking to me about this, and, and he said, Tim, really, this can be a very big positive for you, and I want you to stop looking at the negatives. I want you to look at the positive. I want you to see this because God is shaping you and adapting you. You're going to be a better man, and you're going to be a better adult because of this, because you're going to learn how to walk into situations, adapt and adjust, and deal with them, and you can face new assignments. I'll never forget it. You'll be able to face new assignments with strength and courage, and, and that resonated in my heart. I thought, well, I'm going to latch on to that. Whatever's ahead I'm going to be able to move forward in that. And, and it really, really helped me. I mean, Dad said, dive in, make friends, get involved in stuff, and, 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 and don't be afraid, don't be fearful, don't be timid. And I did, and I'll tell you what, it worked. And I love those last several years of school. Now, back in Joshua chapter 1, verse 3, we see th- you know, something which is maybe why God said this. He said, he said, every place on which the sole of your foot steps I have given it to you. In other words, he's saying you got to get up, get up, arise, and you need to start taking some steps. Take another step. Take another step. By faith, hear me, keep taking steps forward and don't become frozen where you are. Your destiny is tied to your feet. And move into that new situation, whatever it is, move into it with, with a glow on your face like this is going to be an adventure. With every step, simply be strong and courageous. In fact, did you know that in the scriptures, this is actually a command from God? That's a command. And and really, the the challenge is, is that a lot of times it's not possible for us to engage that because we're too busy nursing our own flaws. And we haven't invited the Holy Spirit to empower us and to strengthen us so that we can be strong and courageous. Now, I... In, in preparing for this message, I spent some time studying those words, be strong and courageous. Because I, I like to do this in, in the preparation. I feel like it's the right thing to do when I'm preparing a sermon. Is I want to say, okay, what exactly was God speaking to Joshua? And how did Joshua interpret it at that time? And understanding that, that the scriptures were not written in English. They were written in Hebrew. God would have spoken to, uh, to him in Hebrew. And when, when languages are, are translated, I mean, the meanings change just a tiny bit. So to us, we might think to be strong and courageous if he was speaking that to Joshua. Well, that means, hey, you got to get ready to fight. You got to get ready to go into battle. But that's not actually the reality of what God was saying to him. You see, be strong and courageous literally means this. It means strengthen yourself. Be assured Make yourself firm. Be determined and be persistent. Let's leave that up there for a second because I want you to get that in your notes and get it into your heart. That's what God's calling us to do. 
See, it's an action that we take, and then we get the help of the Holy Spirit to move forward in this. But we take the step first. We take the first step. You have to take that first step. Now, look over to 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7, because there can be this fear and timidity that is holding you hostage, that's possibly preventing you from being strong and courageous. So what are you going to do? Well, you're going to strengthen yourself. You've got to be assured. You need to make yourself firm. You need to be determined. You need to be persistent. But in order to do that, you've got to deal with this, this fear. You've got to deal with timidity. Now, 2 Timothy chapter 1, verse 7 says this, God has not given us a spirit of timidity, but of power, love, and discipline. See, now, I, I want to make it clear here. Timidity here in this passage of Scripture does not mean like shyness. It, it doesn't mean that you're an introvert. So this is not a message about it's against introverts. You can be an introvert all you want. Uh, but, uh, but, and I'm an intra-extrovert, so I, I jump to both sides of it. It's fun being on both sides of it. But, but you see, timidity here, another translation of this in a lot of places in the Scripture, it's translated as fear. So the two words work interchangeably. So What he's saying here is that fear and timidity does not come from God. That's that's important. Again, it's not shyness, but this fear and this timidity that keeps you from moving forward, that is not from God. In fact, it goes so far to call it a spirit, which means it's a demonic spirit. And who in the world would want to submit themselves to a demonic spirit? But a lot of times people do without even realizing that that spirit of timidity and fear is controlling you and it needs to be broken. See, God wants to walk with you as you walk forward. Every step that you take, God wants to walk with you and that could break that spirit of fear and timidity. Isaiah chapter 41 verse 13. I love this. God says, I am the Lord your God who takes hold of your right hand, who says to you, do not fear, I'll help you. And, and I, what, I, what I like about this, is it doesn't say God's going to drag you forward. No, just like he said to Joshua, you got to arise and you have to take some steps forward. But as you're taking those steps, God will come alongside. He's going to hold your hand. So why in the world are you afraid? Psalm 56 verse 3 says this. It says, when I'm afraid, because we do get afraid from time to time, when I get afraid, I'll put my trust in you, in God, whose word I praise. In God, I have put my trust. I shall not be afraid. I like that. Some of you need to take this scripture right there, take pictures of it, get it into your heart, get it into your mind, and even memorize this because this is a, this is a proclamation that can be used to begin to, to drive and push, drive away and push out that fear and timidity. Because, because when it begins to infect your minds and it begins to infect your emotions, what happens is way too often we just simply yield to it. But you can overcome that spirit, and you can embrace strength and courage. It is not impossible, because nothing is impossible with God. Now, these scriptures are clear on, on how on th- that you can overcome the impossible. And these are my impossibility uh, management scriptures here that I've taken from the God's Word. I'm going to be sharing these with you every sermon in the series. The first one is this, with God. All things are 
possible. That one's worth saying out loud with me. Come on. With God, all things are possible. Come on. Say it again. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Come on, let's just say it. These are worth saying. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Come on, say it with me. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Here's the next one, Luke 137. Say it with me out loud. Read it. Come on. Nothing will be impossible with God. Say it again. Nothing will be impossible with God. What about Mark 9.23? Well, let's take a look at it. Read it with me out loud. All things are possible for the one who believes. Say it with me. All things are possible for the one who believes. Mark 10.27. All things are possible with God. Matthew 17.20. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move and nothing will be impossible for you. Luke 18, 27 says the things that are impossible with people are possible with God. Mark eleven twenty four. you don't mind me continuing to build your faith here? Come on, all things for which you pray and ask, believe that you have received them and they will be granted to you. So, Be strong and courageous. Strengthen yourself. Be assured. Make yourself firm. Be determined. Be persistent. And you're going to break through. And just like Joshua, don't forget this. He will never leave you. He's not going to forsake you. Now, I'm telling you what. That's how to be strong and courageous, knowing he's right there by your side. He's not going to go away. He's not going to be stolen from you. He's not going to be taken away from you. I mean, no matter how rough the road is ahead of you, he's going to be right there. And his spirit drives out and then replaces the spirit of fear and timidity. And he gives you strength and he gives you courage. The apostle Paul says this. He said, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. This is worth saying out loud too. Come on, guys. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Do you believe it? All right, come on then. Say it out loud. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. That's another one to put to memory. See, the spirit of fear and timidity, a lot of times this arises from from feeling alone or inferior. Um, It can actually have its roots in something that happened at a certain point in your life, such as neglect, uh, loneliness, or low confidence, rejection. So in many ways, it's actually a learned behavior. It really, really is. See, the spirit of fear and timidity is actually a belief. It's a belief. It's a belief system that deep down, you're just not good enough. That's what fear and timidity is. I'm just not good enough. Bad things always happen to me. I'm just not good enough. I'm just always destined to lose. See, what's happening is 
you're, you're also looking at others. You're, you're, you're comparing yourself to others. You're rehearsing some of the words that have been spoken to you or that have even been arisen in your mind, and you just keep rehearsing them over and over. Maybe words that someone said to you when you were a child where they made fun of you and, 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 or abused you or the words someone used when they neglected you. But, but we have to cast out that spirit. See, that spirit actually has a hold on you where you're actually, get this, you're believing more in yourself than you're believing in God. I'll say it again. That spirit of fear and timidity causes you to believe more in yourself than you're believing in God. Now, I've heard it a million times. You've heard it too. It's very popular in our culture. You've just got to believe in yourself. Well, I get that, and I'm okay with that to some degree. But, but, if we don't believe in God above ourselves, then ultimately you're just believing in yourself. Therefore, when, when that fear and that timidity hits, then you're overtaken by it because you're simply believing in yourself. And that's why it has to be driven out. See, so it does boil down to a belief system. And it's as fundamental as this. Are you a believer in God and in his word or are you a believer in yourself? And I know, you know your faults. You know your flaws. You know about all those weaknesses. And and you see your impossibilities and struggles more than anybody else's. You're aware of your sins, and that eats at you. But what happens is that just keeps bringing more and more fear and timidity to you. But when, again, your sins are forgiven, keep in mind that God, who is above you, He can't even remember that you have even sinned. You are in Christ. None of that sin, none of that stuff from your past is even relevant anymore to your future. See, that's why we have to believe in God before we above believing in ourselves. And I I just think we need to get a little bit violent with that fear and timidity. (laughs) I didn't say that with people, but with with that fear and timidity. Because we're not, the Bible says we don't just wrestle with flesh and blood. We wrestle against spiritual forces of wickedness. So my encouragement is this. Punch the spirit of fear and timidity in the face. Come on. Punch that spirit in the face. Change who you believe in. Believe in God. Not what somebody else said about you or what the fear says about you. It's the God who forgives your sin. It's the God who brings angels around you. It's the God who gives you rest. It's the God who heals you. It's the God who sets you up to succeed. It's the God who lives in you. It's the God who fills you with the Holy Spirit. It's the God who gives you power and boldness and the gifts of the Spirit. But you must have faith to defeat that spirit of fear and timidity. You've got to take a stand against it. And... I want you to see this. You are not inferior to the people around you. You're not inferior to the people in your home. You're not inferior to the people on the job. You're not inferior to the people in this room. You're not. You're not. I mean, it's like, you might say, well, but they have this and they have that. Well, sure, they might have a nicer car. They might have some cool skills. They might have respect and and positions of influence. They might have a nicer apartment or a nicer house. They might have more certifications or degrees than you have. They might even have, one time someone says, I'm just so intimidated by them because they have such cool business cards. I'm like, okay, just stop. Just stop right there. Just stop right there. Because 
we, we get all these things in our mind and it begins to control us. So I want you to stop thinking like that. Stop comparing. Just stop comparing yourself to other people. For Joshua, he had to stop comparing himself to Moses because God literally had to say, okay, Moses is dead, as if you didn't notice that. Moses is a goner. Quit comparing yourself to him. I, I like it because in the past, back when Moses was around, God worked miracles different than they ended up happening with, with Joshua. I mean, Moses held up his staff and he parted the Red Sea. With Joshua, he sent the priests into the water carrying the Ark of the Covenant before the Jordan River parted. And his first battle, Jericho, was 100% totally, completely unconventional. And many of you know the story. I mean, they, they walked around the city for day after day after day. They were totally silent, weren't allowed to, to talk until one moment when they said, okay, stop. And they blew trumpets and they yelled and the walls came down and they took the city. <laughs> totally unconventional. So God will work different. I mean, the, the future miracles and victories that God has in store for you and the future victories that God wants to work through you for others, it probably is not going to look like what God's done in the past. He, he's, God's not saying, I want you to replicate the way this was done. God sometimes sets up totally different scenarios for his miracles to take place. And you can be certain of this, though. If you're walking in faith, if you're taking those steps forward, God is going ahead of you, and he's not going to leave you stranded. You just have to take steps forward. Don't forget this. Joshua chapter 1, verse 3 says this, every place on which the sole of your foot steps, I have given it to you. So you have to take those steps with courage. You have to take those steps with strength in faith. But pastor, it's hard. Yeah. But God is able. <laughs> well, pastor, you don't understand my husband. Now that was her voice, you know. Don't know whose voice that was, but but God understands him and God will deal with him. Well, pastor, everybody in my family is consumed with fear and timidity, so it's in my DNA, and ain't nothing I can do about it. Well, I'm just here to say today that there is something that God can do about it, because it doesn't have to continue today. You can break that stronghold in your family, and today it can be different. <laughs> See, decide to have faith in God. Take action with your feet today. God says move, and you need to move. Get rid of the clutter of that fear and that timidity. Take another faith step forward today. And, and the scripture says, has encouraged us today over and over. And I want you to get this. By faith, you need to replace the spirit of fear and timidity with strength and courage. There needs to be a replacement there. See, any time you drive out a spirit of wickedness, it has to be replaced. So there needs to be a replacement. What do you replace it with? With the Spirit of God, which then gives you strength and, and courage as you stand up and begin taking those steps forward. And now, like Joshua, you can boldly walk into your future even though you don't know what's around the corner. And you can walk out of here today empowered with faith and forgiveness and, and, and strength and courage, and you can take the territory that you know you are destined to take. So 
If you're contemplating this huge mountain in front of you and this huge situation, I want you to consider what God said to Joshua. Because what he said to Joshua, I believe he might be speaking to you. Hear this well. Be strong and courageous. Strengthen yourself. It means be assured. Make yourself firm. Be determined. Be persistent. And drive out that spirit of fear and timidity. And we begin by driving out all the sin in our lives to the power of the blood of Jesus. Will you, will you please, just know looking around in this room right now, and I want you to open up your hearts to what the Spirit of God is saying and doing. Because first and foremost, before I go any further, we're going to pray some prayers in a minute. We're going to declare some things that I believe is going to put you on some sure footing. But you need Jesus in your life. And if you're here today and you're not in relationship with Jesus Christ, and there's sin in your life, and you do not know about your future and eternity. You're not sure that if Jesus were to come today, or if you were to die today, that you would be with him in eternity. I'm going to ask you in just a second to lift your hands so that I can see it, because I want to connect my faith with you, and I want to believe God for miracles in your life. If that's you, you need Jesus today, and you want to pray a prayer with me, accepting Christ into your life, just please lift your hand at the count of three. One, two, three. Lift it up for me. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Anyone else? Put your hands down. If you lifted your hand, I want you to pray this prayer with me. This is a prayer of faith. Congregation, I want you to pray it as well. Dear Jesus, forgive me of my sin. Wash me in your precious blood. Today I give up my past and I embrace the future that you have for me. I also decide to turn away from fear and timidity. I turn away from those sins of my past. And today I'm following you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Church, I want you to stand because I want you to pray with me. A prayer of driving out the spirit of fear and timidity. That demonic stronghold has no right to be in your life. Do you understand that? But you have to take authority over it. You've got to take authority over it. it has no right to be there. A few years back, I left the back door open. I didn't realize it, but I was in the kitchen making some food and my chihuahuas were at my feet naturally whenever I'm making food because they were waiting and hoping some morsel is going to drop to the ground. And I was there and working in the kitchen and again, the back door was open and some neighborhood dog just decided to come walking in my house. Well, the chihuahuas knew that dog was not allowed. Now see, that dog could have come in and roamed through the house, but the moment those chihuahuas saw that dog coming into their space, they just, they were, fr- now I'm telling you, this this is a big dog. This is a huge dog. Those chihuahuas are little, you know, scrawny little things. But those chihuahuas turned around and rah, 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 chased that thing out, stood right there. They didn't go all the way out into the yard. They just stood right there at the door keeping guard. Like, you're not coming back into this place, you ugly neighbor dog. We don't want you around. Please don't call your neighbor's dog ugly. That could get you into trouble. It was an ugly dog. But, but, but I'll tell you this. In the same way, we've got to drive out that spirit of fear and timidity. It has no right to be there. And we got to be tenacious about it. 
I want you to I want you just to believe with me and pray with me. And we're going to just rebuke that spirit of fear and timidity. Come on, say these words with me. I take authority over myself, my mind, my emotions, and my will. And I address the spirit of fear. I address the spirit of timidity and command you to go in the name of Jesus. You have no authority in my life. This is the house of God. I am the habitation of God. Fear and timidity is a spirit that I will not allow. In the name of Jesus, go. Now I want you just to begin to pray and believe for a fullness of the Spirit of God. God, come on, just begin to pray. God, just flood me with your Spirit. Go on, you got to replace it with more of God. God, today I choose, I choose strength, Lord. Today I choose courage, Lord. I choose it. God, today I choose to strengthen myself. Be just say these things to the Lord. Today I choose to be assured. Today I choose to make myself firm. Today I choose to be determined. Today I choose to be persistent. Today I ask for your spirit to flood me, to fill me, to make me new. Refresh me in Jesus' name. And God, I pray that we will be bold to take the steps forward we need to step. No longer controlled by fear. No longer controlled by timidity. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Now I want you just to receive these with me. Receive these words from God with me. Come on, I want to say these scriptures, these faith scriptures. I want you to get them into your heart. With God, all things are possible. I can do all things through him who strengthens me. Nothing will be impossible with God. All things are possible for him who believes. All things are possible with God. If you have faith the size of a mustard seed, You'll say to the mountain, move from here to there, and it will not move. Nothing will be impossible for you. The things that are impossible with people are possible with God. All things for which you pray and ask, believe. You have received them, and they will be granted to you. So be strong and courageous in Jesus' name. Thank you for tuning in to the City Life Podcast. If you're interested in attending our Sunday service or would like more information, go to citylifefw.org.